Okay. All righty. We, we, we should be rolling. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll go first. <laughs> I don't know what I would be saying. <laughs> don't worry, we'll get there. Um, okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Guessed it. Another episode. Thanks for uh, sticking in there with us. Uh, I, I really appreciate it. Uh, again, reach out anytime at Real Talk Story. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you or anyone you know thinks they'd be a good guest, um, go ahead and send a message and uh, let's, let's make it happen. We want this platform to be for everybody. And that being said, um, you want to close our curtain? Yeah. Right, go ahead. Oh, that, that being said, welcome back to yet another episode of Real Talk Stories, live from Bali, where everyone's got a story, including this amazing, beautiful, yogi, woman, goddess, mother, being studio today um so you all know the tradition i just let other people do the introduction so uh let's uh let's just start off with uh, miss janie introducing herself thanks aaron thanks for having me on your podcast today i feel pretty amazing and honored to be here um so a little bit about me i'm australian um, I've been in Bali, I've been living in Bali for about six years now and I'm a yogini, I'm a yoga, yoga practitioner, I love health foods, I love the wellness and the detoxes and all that sort of stuff and yeah, you know, it's been quite an interesting journey here since I first came to Bali. It was, uh, never, I never expected to live here but I ended up Living here. <laughs> Indeed, you definitely appear to be living here. <laughs> living, yes, yes, for sure. Um, so what, you just, you originally just came as a holiday? It or? was for a detox, actually. I came here for a, uh, um, a detox, a cleanse from the hustle bustle life in Sydney that I had, mm. which was lots of partying and lots of, you know, all that, all that city vibe kind of, kind of feel, and I, I needed some peace. Mm. I was seeking for peace and just some, some just peace of mind. And I knew that I had to cleanse. My body was so toxic from, you know, living in the city. So I came to Bali. Probably not just your body, right? It was Probably my mind, your mind, mind, your soul, my spirit. Those that believe in those sort of things. Um, and it's, it's, probably, it's usually like a package deal, right? Yeah. Like it's usually not just like, I'm just gonna cleanse this, like my body and my mind, my soul aren't gonna, it's usually, usually I mean, there's exceptions every rule, right? But usually it's like a package deal. It's like if you make an effort to cleanse your body, usually your mind and soul will follow. If you make an effort to clean your, mind usually your body and soul will follow exactly exactly it's usually like you know a little package deal yeah so so so, so you were not a yo a yogini 
when you were partying in Sydney seven years ago. Definitely not. That was, you were not like, all right, everybody, like, turn off the techno music. We're going to sit in the Lotus pose in the middle of the dance floor and uh, say some ohms. Definitely not. That was another girl back then. That was uh, in 2012 was the first time I came to Bali and I went to... um. What is it, Como Shambhala? I don't know what it is. Como Shambhala. Okay. Como Shambhala. Out, it's Como one of Shambhala. the premium health retreats here in Ubud. So I went there and I booked for one week detox cleanse. And I first experienced yoga there with a teacher there named Mark. And till today, I still am connected to him because there was something in that class that shifted me. Something that he said uh, during the class that really brought me to tears, like something within Whoa. really, really shifted. And uh, I found that yoga was very special. I was super curious about it and I decided, you know what, I'm going to dig a little bit deeper into this yoga. So listen up, kitties. Uh, one week cleanses can be the gateway, <laughs> the gateway lifestyle choice that leads you to being seven years deep in, into being a, a yogini and, and practicing yoga. Because now, now, now you now you practice yoga. You teach yoga. Yes, twice I teach a yoga. day. Yeah, well, three times a week, um, depending you know on my schedule. Sometimes five to five times a week. Um, so yeah, I teach yoga, I practice yoga, and now I'm running uh, wellness retreats and designing wellness programs. Okay, there's two, there's two, two things real quick before, before, before we get going. Um, first one is when people think yoga, they just think the asanas. They just think that the physical movement. When in fact yoga, there's, there's, there's multiple branches of yoga, right? Mm -hmm. There's like, it's not just basically exercise it's not no. just doing some physical poses for 90 minutes or 60 minutes or whatever no. it's also pranayama and meditation and the asanas which is the postures so it's like a combination pranayama is breath work right yes breath work okay can we just do like a 10 second can you just lead me and us in like a quick little i mean i don't mean to call it quick little <laughs> pranayama just like a like a like a power prana like okay like, like I'm driving to work right now, or I'm making an omelet at home right now, or <laughs> whatever people are doing right now, and they don't probably, they probably don't have like a, you know, 60 minutes to sit in the lotus pose with their mm -hmm. spine aligned. And like, is there like a power, is there like something that can just like a, like a 30 second, 60 second, just like power check? Yeah, sure, of course. Yeah. Could you Would you be so kind as to just... Yeah, for sure. Right. So basically... I am your student, go ahead. Yeah, so basically... You know, we've got about one minute to do this. When you're feeling anxious, you're feeling a little bit ungrounded, you're feeling off-center, you're feeling like, shit, what's going on? I'm freaking out, or you're going on your first day and you're a bit nervous. Try this technique, you know, for, for a minute or so, and just see if there's a difference within your mind, your body, and your breath. So you're just sitting in stillness. If you're driving, you have your eyes obviously <laughs> open. Please don't close your eyes if you're Can driving. Can I close my eyes in the studio? Now, yes, well now you are in the studio. You're sitting in Lotus, comfortable position. So wherever you are, um, you can take a seat, you know, whether it's Lotus, cross-legged, close down your eyes. You're gonna sit up nice and tall, extend your spine. And then you can just breathe normally. You know, just, just observe your natural breath. And then from here, we're going to start 
So we'll start this pranayama practice by counting to four breaths. And then you'll hold for four breaths. And then you'll exhale for four breaths. And then you'll hold the breath for four breaths, four counts, I'm sorry. And then you'll inhale for four counts. So let's start this. So let's breathe normally. Exhale. Now we'll start. So let's inhale for one, two, three, four. Now hold the breath for one, two, three, four. Now exhale for one, two, three, four. Hold the breath for one, two, three, four. Now inhale for one, two, three, four. Hold for one, two, three, four. Exhale for one, two, three, four. Hold for one, two, three, four. Now breathe normally. So you continue doing that for up to five minutes. What's, what's amazing about pranayama and the different breath works is like how accessible it is. And how good it feels. I mean, most things in life are not that accessible. No. Like, most practices, like if you want to play tennis, you, there's, <laughs> you need a racket, you need some balls, you need a court, you probably need a tennis partner. Like it's a whole a process, right? Like if you want to work out, right? If you want to do some reps, you know, you need weights, you need a, a bar, you need like, it's a lot of things going on there. And, and, the magical thing about pranayama is it doesn't matter how much money you have or what's going on in your life or whatever your beliefs may be. Like all you need to do is literally breathe. breathe. Like that's exactly. like and in, and in exchange for that, like actually feels you know it feels really good. Yeah, I mean it's powerful. The breath is all we have. It's it's never going away. It's always there. And what I've noticed with a lot of my yoga clients are they seem to disconnect with the breath they forget to breathe you know they hold their breath in certain postures and you know it's like it's just day-to-day -day grind they're in mm. the city there's like so many you know stimulations and so much stuff going on in their minds their minds are just always constantly you know tracking on and people forget to breathe and breathe breath is all we have <laughs> i literally posted something on instagram which kind of was the catalyst for me starting this podcast like at during the US election in like November about like hey things might get kind of hectic we might not know who the president is just remember don't forget to breathe and my post uh, my my account was disabled this was Why? <laughs> Instagram said po sensitive political content don't forget to breathe <laughs> yeah like and I was like fuck this like I'm doing a podcast cuz the these these podcasts like podcasts they can't be censored like you can't, you can't be, you can't have your account disabled, so to say. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's you, like, it's independent. It's really the last bastion of like independent, like media distribution, you know, which feels like a safe space. Like, you know, you don't have to worry about what you say or if mm -hmm. you offend people or if you don't offend people. You can talk about, you can talk about politics or you can talk about, you know, breath work. So. I remember posting something about just just remember to breathe and just getting disabled and screen and I had a little bit of a flashback. A little bit of a flashback just now about that. But um 
But yeah, like a breathwork could be really good. I think the second part of that that I wanted to ask once we got through the uh that little like mini power pranayama workshop was there's this like there's like this preconceived idea maybe it's a stereotype i don't know that like y the yogi life is boring like <laughs> right like i spent a lot of time in sydney you now from hollywood you know i had my share of partying and i kind of try to balance between both worlds and i know a lot of people in like the party scene and the socialite scene especially that they have this idea that yogis are basically it's one of two Either they're like total yuppies, like soccer mom, like, oh, you're going to go to yoga with your, what do they call those big, like, things that you, like, the big, ball, like, rubber balls that you, like, put your back on? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, the yoga balls. Is that what they're called, yoga balls? <laughs> yoga balls or the pregnant, pregnant balls. Pregnant, pregnant balls? balls? The, the balls. Yeah, the yeah. big, they're, like, big. They're, like. This yeah, size. Pregnancy balls. Pregnancy balls. <laughs> yeah, so there's this like misconception that, or I guess I don't know if it's misconception, but there's this preconceived notion, kind of the stereotype that like modern 21st century sort of like quote unquote urban yogis or whatever fit into <laughs> cyber monks, fit into two categories. <laughs> One, they're either like, you know, soccer moms, they're like, you know what I mean? They're like Instagram, uh, like, yoga account and they're like uh like pregnancy yoga balls that they like lean on um you know and they're and they're and they're starbucks lattes <laughs> right that's like the one sort of stereotype and the other stereotype is like that it's just like really boring people that like live in india and like wear like one piece of clothing <laughs> and like never <laughs> never uh get a haircut that's like basically the two sort of stereotypes and I'm just wondering, like, like, which, which, which also leads me to sort of this thing where, like, this whole idea of sort of enlightenment is like kind of boring to a lot of people. Like, they say, like, what, like, like, what, like, what am I gonna do? Like, I'm just gonna sit there and like breathe. Like, people find that like there's this misconception that that's boring. Mm -hmm. Now, in my personal, I'm getting to the question. In my personal experience, I find it like really the opposite because. I find myself like more present and more entertained now just just being just just seeing the beauty in everyday things than before when you know I had all the all the screens and at the all the clubs and doing all the stuff with all the people so my 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 question uh oh Janie, Janie are we having technical, technical difficulties <laughs> Can't hear you. Can you hear you? No. Uh oh. Hold on. One one moment, guys. One moment, guys. We gotta sort this out. I can't hear you. Alright, this needs to go here. Is that good? I still can't hear you. Can you hear you? No. Well bye bye. We could turn it louder. Uh, um, can you hear me now? 
Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Great. I can hear myself too. Are we're we, good. Are we back? Yes, we're back. Sure. Yes. So my question to you is, what do you say to those people that are you know, in cities and, you know, they've, they, you know, they've heard of yoga, you know, maybe they went to a class once and it wasn't for them and they're just kind of like, uh, I don't know, like, it seems pretty boring. Like, how, what's, what's your, what's your take on that? Like, what do you say to those people? I'd say give it a shot. Like, go around, do a few classes, find which teacher resonates with you. I feel like yoga is a full body workout for the mind, for the body, for the spirit. And it's like you can just practice for 45 minutes to an hour and you'll feel amazing. I have not heard one person that have walked out of yoga class feeling shitty. <laughs> Everybody walks out feeling blissed out. So you come in feeling scrubby in the, in the morning or the evening. At the beginning of the class, you're just feeling like antisocial. By the end of the class, I could guarantee you 110%, you'll be blissed. You'll be blissed out. You'll feel happy and relaxed. Because Shavasana, Shavasana is the last yoga asana that we mm. practice. And that's like a relaxation, puts us in a deep rest, deep state of you know, rest. And of course, when you, you know, awaken the body and finish and you know, finish the class, it's like you're in heaven. So give it a shot. You know, it might be daunting for many people out there in the city. They would say there's no time. There's no time for yoga. There's no time for meditation. But these are the secret tools. These are the tools to actually find peace and joy in your life. So this is like the, the like urban yogi toolkit? Yes. Um, <laughs> Don't forget your green juices. Oh. <laughs> the thing about green juice is just that color looks so like... <laughs> like the dark green liquid. <laughs> that's all the minerals and vitamins in there. That's gonna boost up your system and give you all the nutrients that you need. Is it? Can it just be like any vegetable and fruit that's green? I mean, you could add apple to a green juice, and it would taste delicious. It's fine, right? Like, does it even matter? Like, as long as there's green vegetables, it's fine, right? Like, it doesn't have to be, like, kale versus parsley, right? No, celery juice. Just get some green juice (laughs) Just get some green juice in the system, and your body will thank you for it. Are you... Are you vegan? Mostly vegan, yes. And then I feel like you eat some fish. Yeah, I have the fish once every month. You do, right? Yeah, when I, when my body when I feel like my body is craving for a little bit something more dense, I would have like a salmon or a tuna. When you were pregnant, did you eat a lot of fish? Yes. So when I was pregnant, I was actually craving for chicken. And that's the only time before I was pregnant, I was raw vegan for 5 years. So when I was pregnant with Zen, my little son, uh all I could think about was chicken and chips and, chicken and chips. That's the most <laughs> Australian thing I've ever heard. Chips. <laughs> you know, fries, chicken whatever you chips. Chicken and chips. Not fish and chips. <laughs> not, not, not like the New Zealanders. And soda water. That's what, you know, I was craving for when I was pregnant and I actually just accepted it. Yeah, it's important to caved into it. But um, since I've had Zen, I haven't had any chicken. I've had some fish off the dairy. Back to my, you know, vegan 
diet, mostly vegan. So quasi-pescatarian. Yeah. Ish. Yes. Plant-based pescatarian. Yes, plant-based pescatarian. Probably like probably like the the healthiest <laughs> diet. I mean, there's so many different diets out these days. It's just it all depends on your body and. You know, the yoga, the meditation, the pranayama will help you connect more with your body and you will be able to listen to what your body is saying to you, whether it's food, juices, whatever you need, your body will tell you. So would you say that like uh, having a, a basic yoga practice as part of your uh, weekly curriculum, cur curriculum will basically help you with your overall health, not because of the asanas you're doing in yoga class, but also because it'll help you with your intuition and your diet overall. Yeah, absolutely. You know, once you start getting connected to your body and, you know, you know, doing the pranayama, the breath work, the meditation and a bit of, you know, exercise, yoga practice, mm -hmm. you'll be able to, you know, be more connected to yourself and you'll choose the right foods, what you want to feed your body. What's the minimum amount of yoga I have to do every week in order to? You know, it all varies. I mean, you could start off by practicing once a week, okay. twice a week. And you don't have to sit for the whole, you don't, you don't have to do it for the whole hour. You could start with half an hour to 45 minutes and see how you go. So, practicing yoga a minimum of 30 to 45 minutes once a week is a decent start? Yes, I'd say that. If you're a beginner, why not get on YouTube, you know, search beginner's yoga and just try it out. Just give it a, just give it a give go. Give it a go. Right? Yeah, I, that seems a less, less intimidating than like 90 minutes a day, five days a week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, it all depends. Depends on where you're at. There's a, um, there's a, uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of reason to believe that 30, 30 minutes a week of yoga will basically improve the next 30 years of your life, basically. Of course. It's, it's really it's, it's, it's really a small price to pay for such benefit, especially when you think about like how like, like what 30 minutes a week really is. So 30 minutes a week, you know, 30 minutes once a week is, is basically five minutes a day. Mm -hmm. I mean, I spend five minutes a day just pooping. <laughs> or, like I spend five minutes a day just checking the news mm -hmm. on my phone. Like five minutes a day is like, it's like, it's such a little amount of time. You just and you just kind of just consolidate into like a thirty minutes a a week or 30, 30, 40 minutes a week. It's really like a small price to pay for such benefit. Mm -hmm. You think now? What's your what's your What's your background? My background? As yeah, in what kind you've of got extremely high cheekbones. <laughs> oh, my background, that ethnicity. Um, so my parents are Vietnamese. But you're really tall. Yeah, I might have some Chinese along the line somewhere. Vietnamese in general aren't very tall, right? No. They're a little bit shorter to medium length, but I think I might have some Chinese somewhere along the lines. Uh, probably all Vietnamese yeah. have some Chinese. It's a big country, China. Um, yeah, Hmong. Yeah, uh, not Hmong. Um, Han. The Hans. The Han is the the largest race in China. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know. I hope I'm. I hope I'm not <laughs> spreading fake news right now. 
Han, the Hans, yeah, H A N. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the central China, like what a lot of Chinese people sort of what their ethnicity is is Han. Mm. China's China's a, a massive, uh, like a massive empire. I mean, yes, yeah, of course been, they are. We've, they've been doing their thing for a while, mm-hmm. so it's not just like Chinese is like one category. It's sort of like, it's sort of like if it's not exactly accurate, but it's kind of like if America was established <laughs> eight thousand <laughs> years ago. America like, has a long way to go if you're comparing 8, America 000, to China. Yeah, you got about you know probably about. 10,000 years more uh, development will need to happen in America for them to mm-hmm. catch up. Um, so, you know, a lot of people have this idea that China is just like one race of people, but there's like so no. many different... Different provinces and different groups. dialects. Yeah, so your parents... Your parents... Your parents are both Vietnamese. Yes. They never did yoga. Never. I mean, my mom tried a few times when she came to Bali. Oh, oh, like once you became a yogi? Yes, she... I, yes. So I've taught her and shared a few classes with her over the years. Is she pretty open-minded about things? Or? Yeah, she is. Yeah, same with my sister. She started practicing yoga maybe two, three years ago. What about dad? No. No way? No, dad so, has never practiced is yoga. Is he conservative? <laughs> yeah, he's old-fashioned. Like old-fashioned Australian or old-fashioned Vietnamese? Uh, a bit of a mix. Mm. Bit of a mix, Yeah. He hasn't done any yoga, but, you know, I guess it hasn't really interest him. Yeah, well, I mean, not even 30 minutes a week? No. <laughs> I mean, whatever, like... Each... He goes walking. You know, walking is his yoga and meditation. Yeah, yeah, I mean, whatever, like, each to their own, right? I guess, like, you know, if that's, uh, like... Exactly. So, for me, I find yoga, the yoga practice itself, I mean, yoga actually means union, to yoke, you know, to bring your spirit, your body, your mind all together, right? So for me, it's like yoga, I find it, it's like a practice of meditation. So if you, if, you, if you are exercising at the gym or you're walking and that's your practice, you could use that as a meditation. It could be a walking meditation. It could be a, a gym, heavy, lift, heavy weightlifting meditation. So that could also be your yoga? I'd say that. I'd say so. If that's connected, if you're connecting your mind, spirit. Is, it, is that Sanskrit? Yoga? Well, the the definition of it meaning union. Yeah, that's Sanskrit. Union, yoke, to bind. I, I turned the AC off. It looked like you were... Yeah, it's it's just get a little nippy around the toes. <laughs> yeah. Um, union with one's self and with... The divine, or what's the divine. that divine union? I guess so. It seems like a lot of people would sexualize that, like the union. <laughs> they're like, "Oh, we have to do yoga." What's your, oh, uh, you know, in Sanskrit it means union, so we're gonna like unify with each other, like unify with yourself. Yo, it's yourself. Oh, you, you, unify with yourself. <laughs> what? Uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I noticed I, I, there's a lot of men. Like you hear comments like on other podcasts and, and, and people like actually a guest of mine who's going to be on the show next week. This guy named Ian. Shout out to Ian Edwards. Really great guy. He's like Joe Rogan's best friend. He's close to me. We did a lot of jujitsu together in L.A. And he had a uh, he had a bit. He had like a, com- a comedy a bit about like basically uh, ob- objectifying like 
the objectification of women in yoga class, like, oh, check out their ass, <laughs> which is like, you know, it's a fairly common thing that men and women probably do too. I don't know. I'm not a woman. I don't identify as a woman, um, at least. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like a common thing. It's like objectification. It's like, like this like sexualization of yoga. And I'm just curious because, you know, it seems like just a quick little summary of the history of yoga. Well. So, basically, this is what I was taught when I was in the Himalayas by the Dalai Lama's temple learning my yoga teacher training. There's like some ancient lineage, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, I was told there's basically like two main branches of the schools of yoga. And yoga, the two main branches are basically the original branch was basically just relinquish all material possessions, go live in a cave, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, abstain from all desires, sexual desires, uh, gl gl uh, gluttonous desires, uh, any passions, mm -hmm. you know, subdue all your passions and just basically, you know. Be like the Buddha. Be like the Buddha, essentially, right. And then somewhere along the line, this other school of thought came in that said, hey, listen, like, Everything is a meditation, and it's all part of the divine. So we're going to bring the material world into our practice, mm -hmm. and everything is going to be part of the meditation. What we eat, what we smell, what we see, mm -hmm. and that was sort of brought in from basically the Tibetan, the Tibetans that migrated across the Himalayan mountains into northern Kashmir. So basically, like, I was at the original... Tantric Temple, which is in, in the Kashmir region. I actually, my ex-girlfriend, who's this amazing Indian woman, made me swear I wouldn't say the name of the town. She's like, I'll take you to this place. You got to spill like, the beans. I can't say the name. But um, it's in northern northern Kashmir. It's the, the birthplace of Tantra. And that was this, Tantra was the school of thought that came out that said, hey, listen, everything is part of the meditation. Everything is part of sort of yoga. And there isn't a division. And those were basically the main two schools of thought with yoga. So what my question is, is, is where, where now that we're in 2020, mm -hmm. where, 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 where is that balance? Well, I do find over the last five years or so, people are generally interested in yoga. There are more men and men actually practicing yoga actually the, the interesting thing was yoga was actually designed for men in india back in you know thousands of years ago it was only men that were allowed to practice yoga and the women weren't allowed didn't have the permission to practice yoga so over the obviously over the years it changed and you know yoga became very popular with ladies um and from my own experience the last four or five years i've seen a lot of men and women, you know, practicing yoga. Lots of studios have been popping up. It's jammed packed. People actually need this practice. It, it, feel, it seems like people want this. This is what society needs. We need peace of mind. We need, you know, calmness. We need, we need to just, you know, like have a clear mind, have a clear body. And it's a powerful practice. And this is... This is something that I feel everybody should should be doing. 
you know, you don't necessarily have to go and, you know, become a monk or a nun and, you know, go to India and sit in the Himalayas and let go of everything of your life and your job and your family and <laughs> whatnot, any of desires. You could, you could just have the balance. Yeah, but I mean, that's sort of what I'm asking is, is I mean, that, that's sort of where the, the tantric school of thought and yoga comes into is that you're able to have that spiritual practice within the parameters of the physical world. Like mm-hmm. you can have a husband or wife, you can have a, a job or occupation, like you can interact in the physical world around you and still and still be in yoga, still practice yoga, still be a yoga, a, you know, a, a, a yogi. Um, and it just seems like with so many other things, I don't know if it's always been like that with our collective society or if it's just currently. With so many other things, it really gets like like sexualized and objectified. And especially with Tantra, because the actual, if you actually study Tantra, I mean, there really, there was, I mean, you know, I mean, Kama Sutra was all sexual. The Kama Sutra is like, that's like, there's no doubt. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at the Kama Sutra and you're like, all right, those people are freaks. Like, mm-hmm. not bad freaks, just nice, cool freaks, whatever, but just like super kinky. I mean, they're in their crazy postures uh-huh. and they got their tongues out and they're like, ah. Like, Kama Sutra is crazy. But like, Tantra, like, actual Tantra monks are abstinent. Mm-hmm. They don't even have sex or think about it. Maybe they think about it. I don't know. <laughs> get one of those guys on here and see what the deal is. Be like, you don't ever just like, you know. Um, so, but, but, but the, the idea was, it, you know, it's not any more or less sexual than any other thing necessarily, right? Like the, the Kama Sutra was very sexual, but Tantra itself wasn't. So how does that nowadays, how, why is that associated so much with sexuality? Like why is Tantra this like sexualized thing? Why is it not just, like why why can't most people just like be interact physically without it being sexualized? I guess people have been have perceived tantra, especially saying for you know in the city or Sydney, as something like sexual. You know, I mean, you know what the definition of tantra is, right? Uh, tell us. You do. What I do? <laughs> you study oh, tantra? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, like 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 the. Now, that's my, my that's my interpretation of the, indef- of the definition of tantra based on what I've been told. About sexual being tantra being sexual. Uh, tantra being non. I mean, it's not, not really necessarily sexual. No. Yeah, it's non-sexual. I yeah, mean, it's a tantra is a way of life. Yeah. Right. And it's actually it all comes down to the self, and this comes to the yoga practice. The yoga practice is all about the self. You're turning. It's a journey within. You're you're not disconnecting from the outside world, but you're turning within, you're, you're connecting with yourself, your higher self. And when you practice Tantra, you're, it's a journey to the self as well. And when you do find another partner that does does the yoga, does, does do the meditation and the breath work and the Tantra, then you two can, you know, come together, unite, do the yoga together, you know? <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, it's not that it's it's, it's necessarily sexual or non-sexual. I mean, it's, it's open to interpretation. Yes. Um, it just seems like a lot of people do sexualize it. I mean, is that just like... Maybe it has nothing to do with yoga in general. Maybe that's just like human beings sexualizing things. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know, but I just... I, I find it a lot, and it's interesting because the closer you get to the source, 
and like the lineage and all of that, the the less sexual it sort of seems. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I had a yoga teacher many years ago at one of the schools I was teaching in, in India, and he was totally like fucking sexual. Mm-hmm. Like, and he ate tons of meat, and he like he fronted like he didn't, and he had like this Japanese. I'm not gonna say the guy's name. He's Indian. He's Indian, and he's got a yoga school in India. And he was like, it was kind of like a, like a like a horror film or something. Like it was fun. I remember like one time he like showed up drunk, like at night, and there was like lightning, and like the door, like the lightning flash, like, and he was like standing at the door all drunk, like covered in rain, like ah. I'm this like, is what your yoga you? teacher? Yeah. Amazing. hey well it's all about balance right he was like sleeping with a lot of the students and like eating lamb chops right i remember looking like we went to dinner and i looked over and i was like dude what are you doing and like he had like a lamb chop and he was like like a mouthful of like bone and i'm like what so and he was like like pretty connected like you know in the yoga world Uh so i maybe it's not like maybe it's not like the farther back with the lineage you go, the more pure it gets. Maybe it's just like the maybe it's just like a human condition. It is a human condition, but I, I have a question for you. Uh-oh. Did you how did you resonate with this particular yoga teacher of yours? I mean, look it, I'm sexual and I eat meat and I'm not like a yogi, you know, like Did you find yourself judging him when he came in opened the door and was drunk? I mean, I was freaked out. I was like, I don't drink. And I was just like, yo. And like, at that point, there was already rumors. It really reminded me of like, like a, like a, like a thriller flick or something. (laughs) It was like this group of like students, you know, goes to like this, like, you know, temple or the mountains. And it seems like all good at first, you know, and oh yeah, we're going to learn. And then it's like slowly. Well, you know what the thing is that yoga teachers are humans too. We're human. We're not like an enlightened being. You know, we are human. You know, some teachers eat meat. Some teachers drink alcohol. They're doing all sorts of different things. Enlightenment and sexuality coexist, though. Mm -hmm. Like, just because someone is sexual doesn't mean that they're not in the way of the yogi, Mm -hmm. more or less, right? I mean, there's... Like I personally, I'm really disconnected with my sexuality. Like I, it's a mess. I don't even have sex anymore. I like kind of gave up. <laughs> you gave up? How uh-huh. did you give up I, sex? Uh, it's just like I'm just like it all felt started. I just like I just just over it. Like I don't know. Like I don't know how to explain it. I just felt like it just wasn't doing anything for me. Like I needed needed and need to develop myself more spiritually before mm-hmm. I explore things more physical and. You know, like with the Kama Sutra or whatnot, like it seems like there is a way and like what the definition of yoga is, you know, it seems like there is a way to sort of have like a sacred union yes. with a partner. Absolutely. Um, but it also seems a little bit elusive, right? Like a lot of people, and this is kind of like what I was asking before, like a lot of people look at sexuality as an unconscious act. Mm-hmm. They look at it as just like, oh, like, you know, especially like in a lot of like, I guess the, the major religions and stuff like that. Um, and for me, it's just like, I kind of just, I just kind of gave up. So, you know, 
I'm probably not the best person to ask because I don't know how much, like, how many, like, sacred unions, <laughs> like, I've had necessarily. Like, I've got a lot of sexual issues that I'm personally working on. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm almost scared of my own sexuality in a way. Well, that's something that you would like to dive in and look deeper in. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm working I'm I'm working on it. I mean, that's kind of why I'm asking because, you know, I don't know how people how people like find that. And I'm not even talking about myself personally or necessarily you yourself personally or anything like that. I'm just saying like how like if you know, it'd be awesome to say how how is it possible to 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 have that balance to be able to like have a sexual partner um, in a spiritual way and have it not just be based on like, you know, physical interactions, I guess. Um, you know, because I, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, for, well, for, from my own experience, you know, I feel like my life, my sexual <laughs> connections are just getting better and better as I'm aging because like I see my you know, intimacy and lovemaking as a meditation, you know? So whatever, I mean, anything in life is a meditation. You could be driving the car and be meditating, you know? If you're conscious of it. If you're conscious, if you're aware yes. you're present and, you know, you're feeling it, of course. And, and, and like from my experience with my, my, my lovers, my former lovers, it's like we are practicing tantra, lovemaking, meditation, yoga. We're both yogis. We're both, you know, breathing together, meditating together. And when we do have sex, it's like, it's a very powerful, deep, beautiful journey. And it's not even about the other person. It's about the journey of the self. Self and that connection. Yes, exactly. So I guess, I guess that's what I'm asking. There's sort of like a two-part thing. And this is like a kind of a complicated subject in general, all humans. Um, but it's like one is sort of how do we accept that sexuality is okay in the spiritual community, and at the same time, if we do accept that sexuality is okay, you know, in the spiritual community, how do we? How do we? In, make sure that we're aware our partners aware that people that everyone involved is aware and conscious of those acts so that it's done in a sacred way well you've got to actually ask yourself the question look within you know it's like you would experience this from having your lovers having your sexual connections with your girlfriend or maybe not your girlfriend and you'll have feedback you'll get feedback from them of course i mean we're all sexual beings. We were born as sexual beings. Yeah, we were born because of sex, sex. Yeah. of an orgasm. Kind of an important part of existence. Exactly. So we are sexual beings. There's nothing wrong with sex at all. Um, but I do find that, you know, we get disconnected over the times, like especially, you know, in, in the city, you say you're living in the city, you're working hard, especially men, and all they want to do is just have sex, <laughs> have the orgasm, and that's it. They don't need to have a deeper connection. So it all depends on where you're at and what you're actually looking for, you know, in a relationship, in a sexual relationship. Um, and 
you know, it's 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 kind of sad because. Sorry. That's better. Yeah, I just don't want the uh, that pop filter just shouldn't be touching the mic. Yeah, so you know, it's sad to see that that there's many relationships that I I witness in you know in Australia or even here in Bali that aren't really conscious relationships. You know. Yeah, yeah, and that's specifically like I, I've got I've got an ADD, and a lot of people to listen to, and that's like specifically like I want to know, say, not just myself, but say there's there's people out there in LA or Sydney or mm-hmm. or, or, or wherever, and they're like, hey, you know what, like that does sound pretty cool, but at the end of the day, like I'm just horny and I I don't really. Th- want to overthink it like what's a good like what's a good thing to like remember or keep in mind when engaging with a partner or potential partner to ensure that whatever those interactions may be whether they're sexual nature or non-sexual nature to ensure that those actions are indeed like conscious and healthy and can actually uh uh actually um um help and progress the spiritual evolution of of the self yeah well you got to ask yourself why why for example why are you wanting to have sex why why is this a desire like you ask yourself the question is this love making this sexual connection with my partner or i don't know say someone random is that uplifting them as well or is it just going to be like a one-night stand and that's it, we go our separate ways? Does that bring any value into your being? Does that bring any value into your spirit? Are you evolving from this certain connection? Okay, so what you're talking about is just being basically considerate and aware of your partner. Well, yes, of course. So what about especially, and I'm not talking about Specifically, myself or, or people around here. I'm I'm I'm, I'm talking, spe- I'm talking specifically about the general male population of the world mm-hmm. and the objectification that they have and sort of the ego. Mm-hmm. And they might just say, "Well, I I don't give a fuck," right? They might just be like, "Well, I'm just trying to get laid." Well, that's quite selfish. Yeah, it's, it's I, I, compl- yeah, compl- <laughs> I completely agree. But it's like, how do we get those people on board? Like, how do we, I don't want to say like, how do we sell them on it? But like, how do we at least make them aware that it's actually way better and way healthier to, uh, to be conscious uh, with your partner and be in tune with that than to just like want to fuck, right? Like, like. How, how, do, how do we at least get people to start thinking, hey, you know what? Making love and having a sacred union is better than just going to the club and hooking up. Yeah, well, you know, at the rate we're going, it's looking like a disaster <laughs> with all these, uh, you know, disconnected relationships or connections or short-lived, you know. Dude, I was at, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how much. I can't actually say where I was because I'm sworn to secrecy. I have a lot of secrets. <laughs> yeah, you have a lot noticed. of Yes. And for having a public uh, show, I've got a lot of secrets. It's weird. 
Um, but I'll just say that I was at a place recently with a bunch of guys mm-hmm. talking about some stuff. And, like, the subject of porn came up a lot. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised, like, how many people in the quote-unquote spiritual community, I don't know about women, but at least men in the spiritual community, like, watch porn. Really? Yeah. I mean, were you in Bali? Well, like, were you really, like, was I surprised or really? <laughs> well, were you... you in Bali? Because in Bali, yeah. it's actually banned. Or you can't really access any of those things. Yeah, well, I don't know. They're apparently, okay. apparently, <laughs> it's... I'm not going to say it was in Bali. I'm just saying... I'm surprised. I'm just that. saying people in the quote-unquote spiritual community, mm-hmm. a lot of them seem to be into porn. And porn seems like the opposite of like conscious union. Yeah, I mean, all that that you see on porn or social media, it's all like just filters. It seems like fake. It's yeah. fake. And like, listen, like, I'm, the reason I'm asking, like, listen, like, I wish I was more conscious in my past, like, sexual experiences. Yeah, I had some beautiful relationships, da-da-da. But I had some fucked up things happen also. Mm-hmm. And now I'm, like, a middle-aged, lonely old man, kind of. But I'm not lonely because I have a good connection with, you know, I've got really close friends and I've got a good connection with God and the divine. So it's not like, it's not like that kind of loneliness. But it's like I can see very easily how people when they get to my point after experiences they've had, mm-hmm. like if they're not careful, like they'll have regrets at, sooner or later. And so like, I'm just trying to figure out for people that are listening, like, you know, this is sort of the same thing that I asked about like the yoga question, like what's or like the pranayama, like what's a quick, easy, like few mm-hmm. minutes that people could do. And like, you know, right. Like, okay. What's a, a one minute breath, breath work. Right. I like to do these top three kind of things. Like, you know, what's okay. like a one minute breath work. Like, top three things to be, like, you know, mm-hmm. like, a conscious person or, like, a, a you know, an urban yogi. It's, like, one is, like, you know, what's, what's like, a, a quick breath work thing you can do just to kind of check in with yourself? And that's the four, four, four. Breathe in for four, hold for four, breathe out for four, hold for four, right? And then uh, what's the minimum, amount, you know, number two is, like, how much yoga? And it's, like, okay, well, you know, you do about 30, 45 minutes once a week. That's a good good start. A good start. Yeah. That's, like, a good foundation. So, like, the third part of that is, like, conscious sexuality. The third part of that is, like, how do you, right? It's like, okay, I got my breath thing going, right? Mm-hmm. And I've got my, 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 my yoga practice going. And now I want to, like, deepen the connection with my current partner or with my future partner. Like, how, what's, what's, like, because, I mean, this is, like, I mean, this subject goes back as old as, old as time itself, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know humans have been having sex since the first human was born because how, you know, that's, <laughs> that's kind of how, how it works. Uh, if you believe in science and stuff like that. So, um, and basic biology. So, the third part is like, how do people have healthier, right? Like, how do people, right? You've, you've already bettered yourself. You got your breath work, part one. Mm-hmm. You got your yoga practice, part two. Part three is that, that, that other person, having that other person involved. How do you make sure that, that relationship and specifically sexual relationship, yep. not just a relationship with your kid mm-hmm. or your brother or your family or your business partner, but like specifically your sexual partner. How do you, right? Like, how do you, mm-hmm. what's, the, what's a good basis? I would say get out of your head, get out of your ego, burn the ego, go back into the heart and go back into your programming, your conditioning. How are you raised? Why do you have... S- certain desires why do you watch porn ask yourself these questions why are you doing such things why are you attracting 
certain partners in your life? Is it your ego? Is it because it's a quick fix? Is it like an adrenaline rush? Or, you know, ask yourself these questions. Is it important? What value does it bring you? Are you hurting another person while you're doing this certain act? So basically the answer to that question is, is it's, 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 it's personal on the individual, right? Because the answers to, what were the three, the three, you had, there was basically three main questions that you would say someone should ask themselves. Uh, is this important? Is this important? <laughs> is this important? Does it bring you any value? And, and uh, lead with the heart. Is it coming from a loving space? Well, then there's the other ones like, how's it affecting the partner, your partner? Yes, exactly. So is it important? How's it, how's it serving or affecting your values? Uh, and then the third question would be like, is it hurting your partner? How's it, like, how's it affecting your partner? Mm-hmm. And then that would all be sort of bundled up in the, like, the lead with your heart, right? Yes. Um, Oh, that was like a top. That was like a top three of the three. <laughs> top uh, three of the three. Number three. Also has a three-parter. Um, yeah, because I think it's like it's it's really interesting because you find that it's one of sort of the last bastions of things we really need to work on in personal development, right? Like. A lot of people, it's like, even if they got the healthy diet going, right, and mm-hmm. they've got their yoga practice, right, and they've, you know, got their uh, exercise, right, they're working out every day and going jogging at the park, mm-hmm. right, or whatever, and they've got their, like, you know, good job in the city, you know, and they got the perfect car that they want, and they just got all their things figured out. It's still, like, sexuality, there's still, like, this, like, there's that seems like to be the last bastion. Like, I meet a, you know meet a lot of people who seem to have their life together all over the world. And then like the sexuality thing is like, "Mm, still got some, uh, still got some stuff to work on, (laughs) you know? And I didn't, I was never really aware of that. And, you know, as a man with an ego Mm -hmm. who thought he had everything, I was never really that aware of that until I started listening to women and it wasn't even necessarily women in relationships I was with. It was women who were in other relationships, mm-hmm. you know, um, specifically actually younger women uh, with older guys and specifically like sugar babies. It sounds weird, but I, I know I'm friends with a lot of sugar babies. It's weird. Uh, not to get too distracted from the, what we're talking about. <laughs> but, um, you know, that, that's sort of, you know, I learned that a lot of men who on, surface look like they're healthy and balanced and have their stuff together mm-hmm. still have a lot of issues they're working on with their sexuality mm-hmm. and it seems like that is like the root i mean they say that comes from like the root chakra right yes <laughs> which is not a coincidence that it comes to the root chakra and that that's the root mm-hmm. of a lot of a, a lot of issues that are going on a lot of unresolved issues and, and trauma and trauma whatnot, and, programming and, right and so that's sort of, it's sort of like, that's why I think it's important that we fix that. Because I think if we can fix, and when I say we, I mean collectively as mm-hmm. humanity. I don't necessarily mean specifically you or specifically me. I just mean we, human, family, people. Um, <laughs> if 
we can like just kind of sort that out somehow, I think there'd be a lot more peace. You know, there's a there's a there's a there's a a theory. This is kind of a controversial theory. And I don't remember where I heard it. And you don't fact check this because, like, fuck knows. It's just something someone said that sort of resonated with me. Because um, you know how sometimes people say things and they stay with you. And you're like, oh, this is one of those things. They said, you know what? I think it was actually a Tantra, a Tantra, uh, a Tantra uh, like workshop or mm-hmm. retreat I was on once. They're saying that all of the world's problems, like the war, the famine, mm-hmm. the, like, all it was because of a lack of female orgasms. Have you heard this? Sorry. Have you heard this? Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, you fu- okay, hippies, like whatever. <laughs> like, oh yeah, so women are just gonna come and until there's world peace. Like, what are you talking about, right? So I was like, oh, whatever. I was like, what? What are you talking about, right? I was like, what? You, like, what do you like? What do you mean? Like, a woman comes and we're gonna have world peace? Like, okay. And like, no, like if you, they're like, look at the data. Cause I, I I like data. I like facts. I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, show me, show me, show me, like back, like that's a cool theory, but like I want to see some facts. Let's just, let's just show me the data. And they started pointing to, to like places in the world that had like male leaders mm-hmm. and had the most conflict, and the way that women in those areas of conflict were oppressed, right? And weren't not only like not only were not I mean, getting laid. <laughs> Not only, I mean, not just getting, yeah, not getting laid. And if they were, they weren't being satisfied. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy fuck. It was like, you know, it was Interesting. like, it was like the, like a large part of the Middle East and like places in like, like Russia. And I'm not calling out any place specifically. I'm just saying when I started to look at the data, like the actual facts, I was like, oh shoot. Like maybe like, like, like women are the key to world peace. Maybe like women actually being satisfied Sexually, as well as in other ways, um, is the key to world peace. And I started looking at leaders. Like, you look at New Zealand, right? Mm-hmm. You look at New Zealand versus Australia. Yep. New Zealand, you've got Jacinta Ardern. Mm-hmm. My pers- one of the coolest leaders in the world. She's a young woman. Mm-hmm. She had a child um, without being married. She's a single mom. She probably was having orgasms. <laughs> she looks like she's probably pretty, like, tuned in. Yeah, she goes to festivals and things yeah. like that. You know, and look at how well New Zealand is ran. Mm-hmm. They're not in a war. People aren't fighting there. Good environmental policies. And then you look right across the pond to Australia. Masculine dominant society. Skymo. <laughs> Scott Morrison. <laughs> like, complete environmental destruction. And look at I just li- I I lived in Australia for a year. I you know I was there. I'm not knocking. I I actually I actually fucking love Australia. Yeah, Australia is beautiful. It's, it's beautiful and there's beautiful coast. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm not knocking Australia, right? All I'm saying is like when you look, it's like a good contrast because you got Jacinta Jordan, Jacinta Arden right there, Scott Morrison right there, and you can see the difference, right? So I started to look at this theory and I was like, shoot, maybe like female orgasms are like the key to world peace. And, right, and then that goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning, is sort of Tantra, right? So it almost seems like the only way we're really going to have harmony and, and, and peace on this planet is, is basically, you know, by having these open communications mm-hmm. and having these dads and listening to the woman. And that's like sort of 
And like, I started to understand all that. And still, sexually, I was not conscious. It was like there was a switch. It's like my penis would get hard and like I would almost switch off from my consciousness. Like I would almost enter, enter this like unconscious state. And it's extremely common amongst men. Yes. Believe me, I know I know a lot of men. Yes. So how do we, how do we solve that? Because I think that key, like we unlock that door to, to like bridging that gap and we're gonna have we're gonna have like, if not world peace, we're we're gonna at least have a lot more harmony in the communities and like the places that we live. I mean, I'm not saying it's gonna solve the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, <laughs> but I think it'll at least make society in general a much better place. And actually, it's much more in line with the ancient yogic philosophies as well as the tantra philosophies that the, the Tibetans brought over to northern India you know, many, many years ago. So, so the keys to that, a little bit of pranayama, at least one or two 30, 45 minute yoga sessions yes. a week. And then the third part, which is a three-parter, is being, being conscious of each other. And to do that is, Basically, listening to your partner. Communication. Communicate. Communication is super key. That's the key. That's the key. Um, and then what? What? Yeah, I mean, that's that's basically that. I, I think that that would work, and I think it it does work. Uh, and I think if you can't do that, you just need to abstain from sexuality, like like me. Just be honest <laughs> with yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I think that that's important. The thing is, like. I, I feel like a lot, like a lot of people have a tough time being honest with theirself, themselves because they're a little insecure, like they're unsure, right? Like a lot of people won't just come out and say the stuff that I say. I, I, I say it pretty casually, but like what I'm talking about is some pretty deep, heavy mm -hmm. stuff, right? That a lot of people, specifically yes. men, and I'm sure a lot of things you're saying is like women think, and a lot of things I think men think. A lot of people just won't say it. I think it's important that we just like move that conversation out there like it's okay right it's, it's okay, okay to, speak to express up. express what you're feeling it's okay to express what you're desiring for you know if you have a partner or a friend that you could share that with you know it may help you open up in different in different ways like just say anything basically that you're feeling right mm -hmm. why did you we'll bring it back around how, how are we doing so janie's got a yoga class she's teaching it Five. Yes, five. What time? It's what time is it? It's twenty past four. Oh, okay, okay, okay. We got we have some time. We got a good twenty minutes. Um, cool. So I kinda wanna bring it bring it back around to why you personally decided to get to 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 to, to get on the yogi yogi path. Like what like what was the deal with that? Like what right? Like did you you had a good life in Sydney? Yeah, I had a great life in Sydney. What were you? Was, what was your? I mean, my background was in finance. I was working in finance. I was <laughs> engaged, and obviously, I was not happy with my lifestyle. Obviously, from all the partying, of the drugs and alcohol, and I tried many different things: psychology. I tried, you know, going to rehab. I tried 
counseling. I tried many different things that were offered, going to retreats, going to health retreats, going to the doctors, antidepressants, Valium, all sorts of different things. And I just kept feeling like I needed to find a solution. I wanted to try everything. I wanted to expose myself to whatever I can to help my depression and help my addiction to drugs and alcohol. And Bali did it for me. You know, I came here. I didn't have the intention to be to be living here, but it was more like, okay, I, I feel like I need a cleanse. And during this cleanse, this detox uh, cleanse that I did, there was yoga involved. And the yoga just changed had you, me. Had you ever done yoga before in your life? I think I did it once or twice and I found it boring, as you said. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? It all comes down to the teacher. It all comes down to the teacher and if you're resonating with that teacher and how that teacher guides you through this practice. This one teacher, Mark, I remember he'd said something so powerful, like accidents, I think he said something like accidents don't happen. They actually happen for a reason. That's the Mark that you still know to this day. Yeah, I still speak with Mark. Mark's great. Still teaching? I think he might be teaching here and there at the yoga barn, but obviously not right now due to the whole global situation. But I just remember that little phrase, just one little phrase. What is it one more time? Accidents don't... Accidents just don't happen. They happen for a reason. They don't just happen to you. It's not an accident. Yeah. You know, so it's like you're shifting your perspective to what it is. Like a lot of people come into that, you know, place of, oh, I'm, you know, victimizing themselves. Why did this happen to me? Why? It's unfair, you know? But (sighs) if you actually look deeper into it, this happened for a reason. And I remembered I just bored into, like, I just cried and I'm like, something shifted within. And I'm like, I need to dive deeper, dig deeper into the self and find what this is all about. And ever since then, 2012, yoga has been my medicine. It's free. It's a journey. It's accessible, yes. And there's no other influence. You seem like just from a very, I guess, material like like i don't want to say materialistic but just very like surface level also in a non-surface deep level but just like from a basic surface you seem like you really fit like the yoga teacher like you look like you're like a probably a really good yoga teacher thank you you know you're like tall Fit, you know, you're slim, you're like toned and strong, and like you know, centered and very like like you 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 appear to be like okay, like this person knows what she's doing with yoga, like like so it seems like you you're you've you filled you filled into that that role really well, like you know, so it's good it's good to, good to, good to see you doing that. Um, what what else I like about that though is you're also like like sort of a, a realist like you're you're practical you're not sort of you know too like airy <laughs> i don't know what the term would be i'll take that as a compliment <laughs> yeah yeah well it is i mean i think a lot of people there's a disconnect right because they don't think it's they don't think yoga is accessible or they think you've got to you know be up at sunrise every day and just live off of uh you know uh, uh, tofu and 
bean sprouts, you know. And no, it's like, all a balance, you know. It's all relative as well, wherever you are. And the idea of just like, okay, starting with, hey, you know what? I'm just going to do the four, four, a 4-4-4 four, four, four breath mm -hmm. like twice a day for like two minutes. And I'm just going to get like a half hour, hour yoga session in once or twice a week. And I'm just going to like listen to my partner like about things. Like those things seem really accessible. They don't seem abstract or uh, like no. intangible, you know. And, you know, and it's, it's it, those, those things seem like things that would really really help a, a lot of people and a lot of things. And I know a lot of this conversation has been basically me asking in a way to try to better uh, like the male population. And I just want to know from a female perspective, do you think there's anything specific that females can do? Or do you think it's pretty much just the same? I mean, everything pretty much just as applicable for males as females? I mean, I do feel like females are more emotional and the men aren't are a little bit more closed off. So, you know, speaking on, on behalf of all the women, we would love our partners or the men in this world to actually express more, you know, to be honest, to be able to share what they're really feeling so we could understand. Which is interesting, right? Because... Men are very loud in general and like kind of boisterous, but they're Deep usually not saying anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's the women that uh, are like, all emotional. <laughs> like what? Like I don't know what exactly the deal with that is. It's like the women have like a lot more like emotional sort of integrity to speak on, but they do so in like a quieter way. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh my god. One one second, let me get this mic. It's just like sneaking, it's just like... It's just dropping. This. There we go. Let's try one more. Hold on, let's try... Let's just get this really right this time. Right there, right? Perfect. Okay, that's gonna stay. Oh! <sighs> engineer, host, guest, well, whatever needs to be done to make the podcast happen. Um, can you just follow up on that part for the women really quick? Just So just, you know, if express as a man, please just tell us what you're feeling and be honest about it and share. You know, don't be closed off. Don't You don't have to wear that armor and be strong and, you know, be centered and be the man of the family. Sure, you're a man, you're, you're a beautiful man, but also just express, tell your partner what you're feeling. Through communication is the key, as we said before. <sighs> yeah, I think a lot of guys have time with that. Well, I have a question for you. Oh, no. I'm really bad with questions. <laughs> have, you, have you been able to express honestly and authentically to your partners, your, your former partners or your, your girlfriend? Look, I think it goes deeper than that. I think a lot of men think they're being honest and think they're expressing themselves, but they're not. They're fooling themselves, and they're actually not 
accessing their true feelings and mm. therefore they fool their partner and that they're not making a conscious decision to 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 put up a wall they're not saying oh i'm i'm not going to tell her anything like i'm going to i'm no like you know i know these things but i'm not going to say these things it's just that they don't even know they know those things that they don't know how to access mm mm-hmm. mhm like it, I don't think it's necessarily nefarious, mm-hmm. you know. Like I just think that they don't understand themselves enough, or they haven't taken the time to have that practice. It's kind of why I was asking, like, what what are some basic fundamental things that men, and, and, and to an extent women as well, but, but specifically men, that they can do? You know, I mean, you as a strong female, you know, yogini leader of, you know certain spiritual communities, you know, it's important that your voice is heard so that men can learn from that. Because a lot of people are at home with their partner and they're not having this conversation. And they exactly. don't know how to they don't know how to even start. That's so sad to 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 even witness. I mean, it's a sad world sometimes. I like, mean you don't want to be living, you know, through through life. I mean, we're here for such a short period of, of time. And, you know, you have to ask yourself the question what kind of relationships do you want to attract? Is it, you know, are you feeling loved? Are you feeling happy? Are you feeling like you're able to trust your partner? Do you trust yourself? Like, what is your purpose? What is the intention of all this? Right, and it's basically like if your intention and your purpose is not to become a better human being, then just go fucking kill yourself. Wait, no. <laughs> Don't go kill yourself. But- I didn't mean that, folks. <laughs> Step away from the edge. <laughs> I mean, you can kill yourself if you really want to. I, I don't advise it. I'm not saying Janie in any way is encouraging that. It's just a personal feeling. I feel like if you're not, if you're not embettering yourself, if you're not improving yourself, if you're not at least making some sort of effort to be a better person, then you're wasting your fucking time. time. You're wasting your... It's Literally life. the most precious gift you could ever have, mm-hmm. which is life. You're completely just wasting it. It's sort of like if, let's say God is your dad or mom, and it's Christmas or Ramadan or Hanukkah or whatever the heck thing it is that you get. Say it's your birthday, and you're getting, uh, you get a, a brand new, beautiful... Toy set. Train set. Train set. Train set? Train set. Do people still get those things and have those things? Yeah, they do. Okay. You get the most amazing, unique, expensive, beautiful, incredible train set. And your parents give it to you for, for, for your birthday, and you got the whole train set. It's like, are you going to like set that train set up and like use it and like explore it and build it? Or you're just gonna like leave it in the fucking box, and people that aren't taking like the initiative to explore their conscious self and their life, and their existence and their partner's existence, they're basically just leaving their entire soul in a box. Exactly. Like they're never opening up the box, and one day they're gonna wake up mm-hmm. and they're gonna be an old yes. man or woman, and they're gonna be on their deathbed. Mm-hmm. And if they haven't made any changes, they're going to look over and they're going to see this old train set 
in a box gathering dust at the corner of the room and they're going to think, wow, I wish I had set up that train set mm-hmm. when I had the chance. Exactly. It's and like now, the five regrets of the dying. What Do you the know that? fuck? Do you know the five regrets? No, the what top- do you mean the five? We only got twenty minutes left in the show. Are you just gonna bring up the five regrets of dying? Of course, it's oh, a nice, light-hearted, light-hearted topic. The five, the five. Okay, Janie. The five regrets of dying. Like there was a nurse that did this, 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 this research, and she was obviously working with the elderly that were about to die. And the top five was the first one was I wished I allowed myself to be happier. Many people don't allow themselves to be happy throughout this life. The second one was, I wish I didn't had, I, I wish I didn't worked as hard. The third one. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun. Number three, num- number one, um, number number one was. Um, uh, my memory is so bad. Number two is don't work I so wish hard. I, allowed I remember number happier. two. Don't work so hard. Don't work no. so hard, you know? Hey, no, no, number one was I, uh, I wish I allowed myself to be happier. Um, oh, Sarah Swati. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one was uh, I, I wish I allowed myself to be happier. happier. Yeah. Number two was I wish I hadn't worked so hard. I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then I the feel third like... one is like I wish I had contact with my friends. I still kept in contact with my friends. So having relationships and a deep bond is very important. And. The fourth? Are we up to the fourth? Uh, yeah, we're up the, to the fourth. Wait, wait, what was three? The bonds, the the friend friendship bonds. <laughs> I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. You know, uh, you know, we have friends, best have friends, friends, and then we sort of lose that. We lose that connection when we get married and ha- you know have children, and we 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 leave like that nice deep bond that we had with our friends behind. So that was the third one. The fourth one is actually I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. So that should be number one. <laughs> well, there's no... There's no, there's no order. Equal. Yeah, so, you know, you wish you had the courage to live authentically a true life, a life that's true to yourself, not... The life that others expected of you. Not what your parents expected you of doing. Or your partner. Or your Your ex-fiance when you were in finance in Sydney. (laughs) Uh, What's number five? Um, And number five is, I wish I let myself be happier. I thought I said that, didn't I? Yeah, that was number number one or two. Oh, no. uh, Sorry. Okay, so that was number one or two. The last one was, I wish... I had the courage to express my feelings. Like the theme of the so, show today. Yeah, sharing, expressing, expressing what you feel, being honest with yourself, being honest to your partners, being partner, being honest to your friends. So that's the five regrets of the dying. Which which 
if you don't want to have those five regrets, you need to do the three. If you yes. don't want to have those five, then you need to do the three. So live a true life. Live how you want to live. What's authentic to you? What is your heart desire? Secondly is don't work so much. What are you going to do with all this money when you're about to die? Give it to your kids. <laughs> so don't work so hard. It's all about balance anyway. So the third one is please express your feelings. Just tell the person what you're feeling, whoever it is. Don't hold it. Don't be scared. Don't be afraid to express. And keep in touch with your friends, you know, your best friend from school. If he was a good guy or she was an amazing girl, keep in touch with her. Check in. Don't let it go. Same with letting go of a good relationship. Don't let that go. <laughs> and lastly, please be happy. Do what makes you happy. That's most important. If you're not happy, then anything you do is not going to be happy. So that's it. <laughs> so you're likely able to prevent the five regrets as long as you follow the three keys, which are essentially, I like, I like re-summarizing things repeatedly. It's nice to have that repetition. It helps mm -hmm. people sort of remember and like log it into their memory banks. Uh, Few minutes of the four 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 pranayama. Mm -hmm. A thirty to forty five, thirty minutes to an hour yoga yoga practice once or twice a week. Mm -hmm. And then number three, which is actually broken down to three parts, is basically communication. Yes, which is done by following your heart, uh, listening to your partner. Yes, your partner, your friends, your family, whoever it is, just people. Listen to people. Listen to the people Listen, who people. are valuable to your life, who you find important. Did your parents, did your parent, who, who's here? Solomon. Oh, <laughs> shoot. We've got a special guest in the studio. Um, hey, Saul, we, we've got just about like 10 more, 10 more minutes to go. Come on in. Um, they're not coming in? They're watching the thunder. Thunder? It's raining. Thunder and lightning. Mm. Um, All right. Um, <laughs> so what were we talking so, about? <laughs> uh, um, we've got the studios. I think there's a beautiful balcony here and a nice pool. And it's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a really... I don't want to give, give away the location too much, so I won't say exactly, but it's a, it's a really nice spot to, to watch lightning. Lightning Strike. and listen to the thunder. Yeah. And here they are. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, cool. I guess uh, I guess we can wrap it up, Janie. Um, it would be awesome. I really appreciate and respect your perspectives. And it would be great to see you back in a month or so on the show to sort of update people on how everything's going. There's a lot of things we didn't cover that I would love to cover. Um, do you want to uh, – oh, my God, the cutest little doggy. Just came into the studio. <laughs> do, you, do you guys know about cute aggression? You know about this thing? You guys should look it up. Cute aggression is when you just like see really cute little animals and you don't want to like squeeze them too hard. It's a real thing. Um, so anyways, before we get too distracted by this really 
cute little Hi, monster Tika. dog. Um, what, uh, how, if people have follow-up questions or they want to reach out to you about doing some sort of online yoga practice yeah, or sure. anything, is there a way that people can contact you? Yes, yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. It's Janie V. Janie V. And I'll be in the description of the show also. And is there any last thoughts, last thoughts for now that you want to leave with people out there before they get back on with their day? Yes, don't take things too seriously. <laughs> also, uh, <laughs> we know we covered a lot of really serious subjects here, but it's important that you know that Janie also says don't take things too seriously. Don't take things too seriously. It's Have fun, be playful, keep it light, and enjoy the journey. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy the journey, and I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks for having and me. Thank you for being here. And yeah, thank you all for being here as well um, for this uh, this episode of OK OK Real Pop Stories Live from Bali. Namaste. <laughs> I was actually thinking about that. Peace about and love. peace and love? Yeah, and then you said it. It's a good thing to think about. Peace and love. All right, I got to get ready for my yoga class. <laughs>